You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we flash back to Mrs. Saunders' class when we first watched the original Fantasia as we review Fantasia 2000. But first, Eddie, how are you doing? Doing well. Family's doing great. We are just settling in to, to, you know, rhythms in life and all of these fun things. We um, still got people living with you. Nobody's with us right now. We have somebody coming in a week and they'll be living with us. So um, we are in this new territory of Lewis no longer takes naps. Oh, man. Um, We're dreading that day. But he does a really good job of like just like being able to play by himself if he had if he has the right thing to play and his current obsession and the thing that he absolutely loves to do is puzzles like he loves puzzles. And so we were, we, the friends that were with us last week really wanted to go to a mall. So we were, okay, let's go to a mall. And we were walking around the mall and we popped in the bookstore and the bookstore had like a deal going on like kids games, like, uh, you know, like Melissa and Doug type kids games. And they had this full puzzle set. And so we just bought him this new puzzle set. And it's just this full on like obsession with the puzzles. <laughs> and he's like, is Ellie, is Ellie going down for a nap? Is Ellie going down for a nap? He's so excited to not play yet, the puzzle. Not yet, yeah. not yet. You know, and then when she's like on the way is now, is this a long nap or a short nap? Is this a long nap or is this a short nap? We're like, it's a long nap. I play, I play with my puzzles. Can I play with my puzzles? And oh, can goodness. I can I get my puzzles? Can I play with my puzzles? So that's where we're in puzzle mania over here, which kind of makes me like, you know, we've got some like Thomas Kincaid Disney puzzles oh, and stuff like that. Oh, yes. I was Somebody make fun- got me like a somebody got me a national parks poster puzzle. It's like, okay, maybe got to bust this out. We got to do our own. I was going to make fun of you for having Thomas Kincaid, but then you said Thomas Kincaid Disney. And I was like, oh, well then that's, that's exactly, that's exactly on, on brand right there for you. It's totally fine. But have you ever tried to do like a jigsaw puzzle, like a over thousand piece jigsaw puzzle with toddlers in the house? Oh no, I would never. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And then we even thought, I mean, it's been a while. We, we learned our lesson pretty quick, but it was like, oh, well, we'll just do it on this table over here and keep them away from it. And we'll just work on it like when they're asleep or no, they have a sixth sense of things. What can I destroy that means something to mommy and daddy? <laughs> that means something. They do it. <laughs> so puzzles. I found out one. I should never do the cheap puzzles because the pieces are so bad. Secondly, I max out at 500 pieces because <laughs> there it just gets overwhelming just the sheer number of pieces that are available and also it all just they they also also get smaller when you buy like a thousand of them. They 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 make them oh, like yeah. 
30% smaller to get more of them in the space without having to be double the size. And I just yes. can't, I can't handle it. Oh, and the third thing is I'm just bad at puzzles. I really am just like, I didn't know that was a skill <laughs> and I'm just bad at it. My wife can attest to it. If she's listening right now, she can, she can text us and just give us a, a play by play of how bad I am at doing puzzles, like looking at the same board over and over and over again. And she's like, I'm working over here on my section on the blue section. And she's working over here on the leaves or something. <laughs> And she's got four times as much done as I do in the same amount of time. So then I know what I'm going to get you for Christmas. I'm going to get you. you No, I'm going to get you a set of Lewis's puzzles that are like 25 pieces. I love this idea. Or max 50. I think he has one that's like 50 pieces. I like like the real hard one. I'd be down for a 50 50 piece puzzle. And the new ones that we got him, it's animals. So it's not like a square. It's like the animal. So you're like putting the animal together. Does that make sense? We have those. <laughs> we have, we yes. Have those. There you go. But when you were describing nothing over 500, all I could hear is you just saying, I'm done. I'm done. And walking away. I put up a, I put up a good fight. I put up a good and everybody fight. Everybody going, what is, is he for, for real? What? He's Where's done he right going? Now? Where's he's, JB going? He's done right now. He said he was done. I can't I pull that card. Well, now that I'm married, I, I can't pull piece. that card very often. No, very often. At all, I almost, I almost never. At all. At all. Yes, and as is, as is the right thing. So, speaking of pulling the right card, mm. today we hit the two thousands. Finally, which. Uh, year two or and the year 2000 so we have the two thousand a new decade and a new year which began with do you remember these images of people holding cards up to the light remember this and there was just like and they were trying to find the hanging chads yes if you could see this i have on the video i have an object lesson of a card (laughs) and Because I just always remember, I mean, the image is so ingrained. And if you were of any of remembering age in the year 2000, that that election between Bush v. Gore and uh, and just days on end watching uh, old people in Florida stare (laughs) at cards. Is that a pregnant Chad? Is that a hanging Chad? Is that a perforated chad is that and you ate that stuff up. you would have eaten i this. ate it up well You're because i always so i always have a map of the united states of course and on election night with a red pencil and a blue pencil and as they call the states i color it in and i track my own electoral college because i I think the Electoral College is brilliant and genius and one of the bedrocks of our democracy. And uh, and here's my thesis. Know, and here's my head. Here, I'm here for your TED and talk. And here's why. And here's why. No. Um, Prove me wrong. And so I just, I just remember that. And then like finally like three in the morning or whatever, my parents were like, Eddie, you have to go to bed. You have school in the morning. Uh, and then going to school and the next day and the next day and the next, you know, I was like, yeah, when is this happening? When are they going to figure You should out? just plan to take off work the day after election day. Start making that a regular routine. Now? Yeah. 
Well, now I live in a country where they have to have like runoff elections. Like the first election was two weeks after we got here and there was 25 candidates for president. Wow. And so you're like, whoa, okay. We have like the main ones and Kanye. Yes, exactly. Um, And then three months later, they had like a runoff with just two, the top two guys. You lose some of that excitement of going to bed and knowing who the president is. Right. You kind of want to know in that night. But yeah, so 2000, that was the beginning of all that. But eventually came around to it. And George W. Bush won the presidency. Uh, And that was, you know, I think our lives forever changed from that moment on. And uh, I think that, I mean, if you think about it, the politics have not been the sense of the same ever since that moment. Yeah, no. The whole like. Nothing. Having to deliberate and send it to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court or whatever. Oh, yeah. I heard somebody say recently, uh, uh, you know, the whole argument of trying to depoliticize the court. And somebody was like, yeah, anybody who's been alive since 2000 has never viewed the court uh, as nonpartisan ever since, because this was this was a huge moment. So, so big. Speaking of huge moments, we also had JB. I know. Did you see what I wore just for this? Perfect. Eddie. Announcement, I knew right on, right on. I'm, right wearing, on cue. I'm wearing my NASA T-shirt. Did and you that is because it? no, I I. I picked it earlier in the day. Uh, The first International Space Station crew began in 2000. The ISS, um, they began constructing it in 99, uh, but the first crew entered and began operating the space station in the year 2000 and has been ever since. And it was only supposed to be running for 20 years But um, they are now um, there's a plan to extend its life to 2030 and then they're going to crash it into the Pacific Ocean. Wow. It feels like it's going to be a big crash. Yes. I mean, it's going to be like this. It's going to be an emotional moment. It's going to be you're going to you're going to watch it live. But speaking of things not crashing, this was also the year that. Uh, President Bill Clinton made GPS, the global positioning satellites, available to civilians and the public as a whole, uh, bringing in, ushering in this whole new era of navigation being by a little GPS unit. And if you remember, it used to be you would have to like buy a Garmin or some type of standalone. or a TomTom. That was the Ooh, other brand. Tom-tom, it was like a yep. TomTom. And you would have it on the dashboard. And uh, uh, you'd have to update the maps and different yep. things like that. And some, and then early on, they were really, they would lose signal. They would get really bad. And that's where entering into the lexicon was the whole like recalculating. 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 So, yes, because I mean, GPS had been around for a, a long time, but it was developed for uh, military, military purposes, yep. but they now allow uh, full access to that. And then now it's like commonplace, right? We don't go anywhere. I don't go anywhere without firing up something like Waze. You're a Waze person. Swear by it. Here, here I am because that's what everybody uses. And so like you load up Waze and there are just 
thousands upon thousands of people who are real time inputting info. And it's the only way you can get around the weird stuff that happens here. Interesting. Fun fact, yeah. I still have a Garmin that I have used, that I have somewhat recently used because when I've gone on some major road trips, I don't like using my phone because I want it to be able to communicate with people if I need to or um, sure. whatever, you know, text and drive, you know, everyone loves to text and drive. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> just joking, just joking. No. Uh, but, and it also just like drains your battery when you're having to do that. So, uh, in 2014, when I did the movie tour for Ragamuffin, I, uh, asked for a Garmin for my, for Christmas or birthday or something like that. And I used that exclusively on the road trip because it was nice to be able to have a dedicated unit. Hey, this thing is going to help me get where I'm needing to go. And that's all it's doing. I don't have to worry about being able to see anything, um, or the phone dying or using up all my data. Um, and I did, I think I also used it on my trip from California, moving here to Tennessee a couple years, a few years ago. Um, so my parents have a Garmin in the Astro van. Of course they do. That's why I love that old, old Jack. He's got a Garmin right up there. Oh goodness. So sports, let's talk about a little bit of sports in 2000. So 2000, another, uh, another Olympics year, summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia, also had the Rams winning the Super Bowl. This was Kurt Warner's first and only Super Bowl. Uh, Lakers, this was a sad one. The Lakers beat the Pacers for Kobe and Shaq's first titles, drawing in their brewing rivalry together at first I, and then apart separately. I remember that. I remember that moment. That was I, a big deal in Indiana. I remember finding out about the Pacers making the, the NBA Finals while being in Cincinnati at a Reds game. It was the weirdest, oddest. It was like a junior high retreat or something like that. And it was yeah. funny. I was like sitting there in the stands like, Pacers made the finals. Like, oh, they made the finals. This is awesome. Uh, so then we also had the Yankees winning another World Series. And then Tiger Woods comes on the scene and wins his first Masters. So that's your sports update from 2000. I remember... For whatever reason, the Summer Olympics in Sydney feel like was like the first Summer Olympics that we just watched nonstop. And I don't know why that might have been, but it was like every waking hour for, you know, two, three weeks or however long it is. Well, it could be also because the 96 was so huge is probably like 96 was really big here in America. We got iconic moments um, from that and especially the girl flipping and landing on one leg, that whole oh, yeah. um, amazing moment. That's like iconic. And maybe it was like, okay, we're here. We're here for another round. Let's see what's going to happen in 2000. But that's my hypothesis. Why it was so popular. So entertainment, some big stuff here. I, I didn't know this. So is this the number one movie of the year? Grossing highest the, grossing movie that year. Whoa. The highest grossing movie that year is Ron Howard's. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which I love this movie. I actually, I do remember my family going with my grandparents uh, to go see this when we were there for, for Christmas. Um, and it, we still watch it every year. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, Jim Carrey, of course, as the Grinch. Um, the best picture that year was American Beauty, uh, and I remember 
This was probably about 10 years ago going back and watching that movie because I, I, of course, did not see that movie as, not, as yeah. a, a young kid. Uh, and that's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. It's a weird movie. And then I even just read an article probably about a month ago of just how poorly that movie ages now in our, you know, just what we know now of just uh, of Kevin Spacey and predatory uh, nature and Hollywood in general. Just kind of like, yeah, this just doesn't sit well here so uh and then breathe by faith hill was the number one song i loved that song gotta love me some that came on um the the radio we were at a store here that was like playing like english music and (laughs) it was like it was like a shania twain song came on and then faith hill it was like some good you know female country and i was like oh yes i forgot how good this was um we also get uh, Coldplay's first album is released this year. Um, so for all you Coldplay fans out there um, on their trajectory of becoming, I, I I was late to the Coldplay game though. I didn't find out about Coldplay and for another five years, which was Me too. college when Me I, too. when I hit college, but uh, yeah, there it was big TV uh, things happened uh, this year. We had Big Brother premiered and, of course, Survivor, Survivor. launched. And Eddie, um, we both know what we would think of when we think of Survivor and me, too, especially. The one year I called it. That I called the winner. Yes, well, so we we did not watch the very first season. We watched the second season of Survivor. That was kind of when... My family, a lot of us in our friend group all just kind of jumped in on the the Survivor bandwagon. And that was the Survivor Australian Outback. Oh, yeah. And I remember we were all convinced Kobe was going to win. And you were like, no, I was at Walmart and there was the National Choir <laughs> and, the, and on the cover, it said Tina was going to win. Tina. And we're like, no, Tina's not going to win. There's no way the National Choir knows. And what were you doing reading that? And you're like, I just saw it. I saw it. <laughs> so going to win. And we had like a big watch party. Yeah, over at your house. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And it was, a, it was a huge deal. And I remember Mike Standish being really upset that Tina won and he jumped up and turned off the TV and we all screamed and yelled no. at him and somebody went up and turned it. Yeah. I also remember that was the year of uh, where <laughs> someone won a, a Pontiac Aztec. Yes. That was like the, and, the, 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 it felt like that car was made for that show. It was like, they're like, How, can we get the car for Survivor? Yes. The Pontiac Aztec. All of Breaking Bad, yep. all I could think of was Survivor Australian Outback because mm-hmm. that was my my first introduction to that. Uh, and we, my family, we stayed strong Survivor fans for a long time. Like just recently, we stopped watching it. Um, I mean, we we hung in there for a long time, <laughs> like twenty years of watching this show, but. I, I digress. Other big movies, we've got the launch of X-Men. Oh, yeah. Um, which, I don't know, you might consider just kind of like the beginning of the uh, the uh, superhero craze in films. I think the only other one that we had, a big one kind of before then, would have been Blade, right? Didn't um, that when that came I out? Mean, if you, 
also don't count all of the Batman <laughs> movies that came out before that, but there's a lot sure. of Sure. I movies. guess I'm thinking Marvel. Marvel, yeah. That, but mm-hmm. yeah. This was their big Batman. Batman is just it. a kind of a entity unto itself. And then Gladiator came out. Mm-hmm. And I this surprised me. Is this when Gladiator came out? Because I thought Gladiator won Best Picture. It, it won the Best Picture the following year. For the next so, year. Yeah. Gotcha. I and I I could have probably Such gone back and movie. gone like well, he won. They won Best Picture, but for the previous year, and it just gets weird. So it's just like, it's the year two thousand. What movie showed up and won? And Gladiator was fantastic. Such a, a great movie all around. And finally, uh, here's just some random, just the junk drawer of just random stuff that happened in the year. The it, triv- it's the Trivial Pursuit miscellaneous category. That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna write that in here. But this is the Trivial Pursuit. Pursuit, trivial pursuit portion of, of our of our of our show of our show of our of our show. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Y2K. This is when we. I mean, it was 2000. We realized wah, it was wah. a letdown, and I had a lot of macaroni and cheese to to, to eat. Uh, randomly, this was Bill Gates. He decided to leave Microsoft. At I this didn't time. notice that soon. Yeah, I I was actually surprised that like you would have told me what year I would be like, hmm, 2005, 2008, 2010. No, 2005. Well, you know why? Because you know he, he got sued at that point, didn't they? Antitrust? No, I, do, I don't know. I was going to make a crack at Windows 2000. You can go ahead with that, too, because it. I was going to say, because that was the year Windows 2000 came out and it was awful. 98 was so much better. You know what PC stands for? Piece of crap. Yeah, we're Mac too jokes. Mac guys. Mac jokes. We, and, and have been since this time. Right about here. This is when we got on board. Right about here. Thanks to, thanks to your dad. Oprah's own magazine. There was a lot of launches happening here. Oprah, we got Oprah's own magazine. Big moment there. Uh, PS2. The PS2 came out in here and... W- crazy number of people getting in line for it and mad that they didn't get one uh we also had the sims also launched it that was a super too early 2000s um i remember getting uh this was also when roller coaster tycoon came out oh, like yeah. sim games from really big. from the recesses of my brain that's- I spent hours on Roller Coaster Tycoon creating my own theme parks and all mm-hmm. of that fun stuff. Man, that's that's a flashback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right up out of the gate, out of the beginning of 2000, uh, the Peanuts cartoon published its last comic strip, ending a glorious run for Peanuts. Uh, and then I love Peanuts. We, every <laughs> holiday, we watch the the Peanuts special for that holiday it's a good one there's a lot of good holidays holiday specials uh and then also metallica sued napster i think we touched on napster uh coming out the gate in 1999 well this is the year that metallica said enough is enough and sued them and they may have won something there but it didn't change the industry because they just kept on going so the year 2000 2000. it feels weird that we've We've hit such a, this is a, feels like a big milestone as we've been walking from 1988 all the way to 2005, like to hit the 2000s. This feels like a a momentous occasion. What's even crazier is we're just a little bit halfway done. We've only got five or six years left to go. 
And that shows you just like how much they picked up the pace. They just picked up the pace. I mean, you saw, uh, well, the increase, I mean, to where we're at now, where there's what, two Walt Disney animation um, releases a year, and there's two Pixar releases a year, which most of the 90s, you had every one every other year, uh, or at best, you know, one a year. But yeah, they really, really pick up the pace. Being a pick up the pace. I think now that it's been 25 minutes of us talking about we everything under the sun, we should probably pick up the pace and finish this. Start this episode to give people what they really want, which is we're going to talk about a movie that came out at the end of 1999, but it's called 2000, and that is the movie that we're going to that's called Fantasia 2000. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay, so IMDb for Fantasia 2000. An update of the original film with new interpretations of great works of classical music. I feel like I should politely clap. Did you not? Did you not? I, I just, I don't sense it to be an update of the original. I feel like it is, it's a continuation. It's a sequel. It's a... I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. It, it, it missed the mark for me. That's not a good description. With that rousing, <laughs> we have so much to say about that. I have nothing to say about that because Eddie, I going into this, I was not excited to watch Fantasia. I have not been oh, really? a, I, I don't know that I, I'm pretty sure that I hadn't seen Fantasia 2000. I'd only seen the original. We alluded to that in the opener for this, that we watched it in Mr. Saunders' class, but I'd only seen the original, did not love it, was kind of mad anytime I was forced to watch it. So I came into this not excited to be a part of this, but you know what? It drug me in. It pulled me in, Eddie. You loved it. I don't know if love is the right word for it, but surpassed my my expectations and and actually, what was the it, moment? It, it actually surpassed my kids' expectations, too. I was really worried. If I, they were I gonna, love if the picture like you it. sent me. We could see them just like totally enthralled. So it was uh, about an hour before bedtime, so they didn't get to watch the whole thing. I actually don't even know if they got to Mickey yet. Um, and so we're watching it. Was not a fan of the CGI of the whales. That did, that wasn't that wasn't its strongest point, but I'm I turned it on. I had run into I was like, oh, I got to watch this before because I knew we were. I think it was yesterday. Knew that we had to watch that and watch this, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna jump in and, and watch this. So my son comes in as the whales are coming on screen, and he's like, what's this? Whales? I said whales, and he said, mm. and it goes for a little bit. And it's like, do they talk? <laughs> he just assumed there's animals. They better talk. And this, I wrote all this stuff down of my son's commentary. I love this. I love this. And then it's like, they're now they're flying. No, is is he gone? Oh no! Oh no! It's too scary, Dada. It's too scary for me. But then he still keeps watching it. And then like the then the the little whale is trying to get with the with the uh, he, all the flock of seagulls. He goes one direction. And it's like, oh, maybe he went the wrong way. Oh, he's trapped. He's like commentating and narrating everything that's happening 
And then in the middle of just him being stuck in the ice, he's like, um, da-da. And that's when I'm like, oh, no, he's going to be out on this. But no, he's stuck with it. And then something funny happens. And then he's like, oh, that looks like a bunch of dolphins. Then my daughter comes in. She's like, oh, it is too scary. But then she's in, 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 in it. And overall, they were like hooked from then on. And they just stuck with it all the way through um, the Tin Soldier. And right as it's finishing up the Tin Soldier, my wife says, hey, it's time for bed. And both of them are like, no. And of all the movies, if you would have said, what's the one movie that they're going to be like heartbroken to have to go to bed home before it's done? I would not have said Fantasia. That is fantastic. I uh, I watched it with the kids here this evening, and uh, Lewis was very very similar, just in tune to the emotion of the of the whales. And he wants to know the whole time. He's like, "Is he okay? <laughs> is he all right? Yep. Is he going to get back to them? What's going to happen?" And then he's like, "Just keep watching. Be patient. Be patient." Um, this is, uh, I, I loved the original, so I, I, I do have to kind of like give that caveat. And I, but I also recognize the concept, especially with the original, it's not for everybody. And it is a very kind of unique thing. Um, this, you know, the whole idea was one of Walt's, like his pet projects. Yeah. He thought this, that this was going to be huge. Um, to, you know, what an animated experimental concert film had just never been done. And really, I don't think of any other ones. Um, and hasn't been done. And he was, <laughs> no. And he, they even developed like a special projection technology and sound system with the original that he tried to get theaters to buy onto to like make this a really big um, experience. And of course, nobody was like, no, we're not going to, to do all of that. So when and they they the intention was they were going to come out with a new Fantasia on a somewhat regular basis, like update it. And it was going to be like a new season at the symphony. Yeah, that was something I learned that I didn't Fantasia. know before. Uh, and it. The original was not uh, a huge, uh, it was, I think, actually one of the, f- the first flops of the Disney animated mm. uh, animation studios. And even here with Fantasia 2000, the budget was like 80, 85 million dollars and it only grossed 90 million in its theatrical run. So it's it's got kind of a unique niche market. But with Fantasia 2000, they released it in IMAX. That's kind of what they really tried to take from the original desire of Walt was we want to make this an experience. Yeah. We want to make this something that you you go and you truly experience. And so it was in IMAX for the first four months of, two, of the year 2000. And this was my first film to see in IMAX. Oh. I remember... The big IMAX screen down at the Indiana State Museum yes. had just opened, and uh, we went and we saw Fantasia 2000 on the IMAX screen. And as you know, like uh, there's very little that can hold up to a big giant IMAX screen. <laughs> I just went, I just went yesterday and saw Top Gun Maverick in, on IMAX, and it's just like, oh, it's so incredible and so immersive. And so you can also think like. 
this is such a cool thing and unique thing to see up on a big IMAX screen. And that's just kind of like the vivid nostalgic memory that I have of feeling immersed in the flying whales. And I think, right, if if you ask anybody, like, what's your memory of Fantasia 2000? Like, if they can remember anything, they're most likely going to remember, is that the one with flying whales in it? <laughs> yeah. I, so once it started and they, and they had the whole build up to say, hey, we... We're actually going to, the idea is that they're going to do new pieces, not just, I was going and thinking, oh, they just digitally remastered the original, but then you go, oh no, these are brand new animations. And so for all, except for one, except for, of course, Sorcerer's Apprentice, they had to have that one in there, the original. Um, but for me, I would say looking back at these, uh, I really loved the Rhapsody in Blue the line artwork mm. and Eddie, you're going to laugh at me. There's a piece of it that made me kind of want to go back and rewatch soul. Just <gasps> for a very brief blip of my character, the uh, dough for a second. And I thought about it. I have not acted on that impulse, but I'm just saying like some of the line drawing artwork and stuff, the music. I, I hadn't thought of that, but I think you're, I think you're onto something. I mean, you know, Gershwin is, the standard of of concert jazz, um, and yeah, that is very much a predecessor to soul. I had not thought of it that way. And even all the people in I'm, that other in the whatever heaven world, whatever in between uh, those uh, the whatever I, the whatever. I literally can't remember the name of of what 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 is it? What are they called? I can't remember either. See, you're making fun of me, and you don't even know it either. But those like I'm more like making one fun can, of your like. Your head shake, your the the what the whatever, whatever the whatever it whatever. Is. whatever. But I really liked the artwork in that series and the storyline of everybody having something they wanted to do but couldn't do, and that's where also some of that soul stuff kind of came around as well. Uh, the artwork in that sequence is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very um, late '60s, early '70s Disney yep. animation, right? With uh, I mean, my favorite in that era is uh, 101 Dalmatians. And it, it just very much kind of has that that feel and that art direction to it. Um, probably my favorite one in uh, out of the the eight that are featured in this one. Um, I, I love the Rhapsody in Blue sequence. It's just so... The, it, I, I, one of the things that I love about the fan, the both Fantasias is the the imagination that's just just kind of like lit on fire where you take something like a piece of music that doesn't inherently have a narrative to it yeah right it is it's it, it at least not narrative in, in an expositional way like good concert pieces yes of course there's there's themes and there's counter themes and there's echoes and all the things that happen within all of that but to to lift out of that something so creative and imaginative like the storyline in the piece from Rhapsody in Blue, where you see all these different people wanting and striving for the thing that they really love and desire or something crazy like flying whales. Right. That is I think that's what's just so fun is it's here. Let's just take very creative, imaginative people. And let them just go have some fun, like just go stretch your muscles and have some fun with it. Yeah, so I really enjoyed 
the work in Rhapsody in Blue. I appreciated all the the cell shading kind of style inside of the the Tin Soldier storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I there were there, I had a couple questions and some some of it was like uh, the elk and the spirit. I don't even know what the song was called, but the very ending one felt. It's called the Firebird Suite the of Firebird ni- Suite, nineteen nineteen. Oh yes. well, I my first By Stravinsky. My first question was: Is this the uh, the Mount St. Helens? No, <laughs> no. I'm having I'm having a hard time talking tonight. Uh, it made me think of Moana because of like oh, the the, sure. the the one spirit or uh, whatever it's called. The, sure, the the the, the, the Tafiti. Pacific. Tafiti. Yes, the island Pacific is very reminiscent of the Northwest Pacific. So I could see how you could yep. confuse those landscapes. And then I well, also we learned who killed Bambi's mom. Yeah. <laughs> In this storyline. But then Isla. Yeah. So as we were watching this, um, Lewis was very concerned about the firebird. Well, <laughs> what happened to the firebird? Where'd the firebird go? It's the and finally, guy. I just went, yeah. Well, he, he kind of likes bad guys. And I just finally was like, the firebird died. And he's like, oh, no. And I said, but look, but look, the, the sprite, it's going to bring, it's going to bring trees and stuff back. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. Eddie, I just learned recently, this is perfect timing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I learned, maybe it was even only a week ago, that volcanic ash is a really good fertilizer. So every time that a volcano erupts, soon after, you start seeing things growing back almost Mm -hmm. greener than they were before. And I didn't know this. So this was perfect timing for... So all of... There's a giant volcano, and I'm pointing the direction of it. Um, Probably, I don't know, it's probably 20 miles from here. I mean, it's massive. And they grow most of the vegetables for the country on the side of that volcano and the potatoes and the carrots and stuff that come out of it are just absolutely delicious this is what, so, you, yes. this is what you learn here science so nature. good so good i liked that story though i thought it was i thought it was very uh, now i'm the i'm the eco nut here i'm yeah. the conservationist this is this is your so, this is your sure. platform it's my is my jam um i want to know what you're and I, I see I hear I heard you say you cut them off right after um, the ten soldier. So your kids missed the flamingos with the yo-yo. It was we so went random. back and we watched it. We went back and watched it that one a second time because it was just. I might so, have to show them that one because I think they would. They would oh, really yeah. loved it. Had I known that was coming, I, think, I probably would have asked my wife. Hey, just hold off just a little. And it's bit. a shorter one. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Pomp and Circumstance, the, just wanted to touch a little bit on that. Uh, knew Donald Duck had to be in here at some point because I believe he has a place to, if I remember correctly, he does something with uh, um, symbols and stuff inside of the original, right? In Fantasia. You're thinking of uh, Mickey's Philharmagic at DCA. Same thing, right? It's all, all the same thing? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, my, my one note on on that one that I really love because it was, it was fine. It was all the normal things. Uh, other than I was waiting, it, there was a lot of Simba, uh, waiting for some, a lot of Lion King things happening, uh, was when everybody's getting on the arc 
and then they pan over and the dragons and unicorns are laughing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my favorite moment, maybe in the entire thing. I I was so glad. I was hoping that's what you were going to pull out there because what a fantastic reference. Um, I'm, I am also curious, though, like which of Moses's three sons is Donald Duck? Because we don't see anybody else. It's just Moses and his wife and then Donald and Daisy. So it's like there was some rewriting he, of history. Is he to rep- yeah, just a little bit of rewriting of history with that one. But nonetheless, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, eight uh, in total pieces of music. I think we we've touched on all of them. The the repeat being the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I think they had they to. had to bring that they one had back. to. Um, it would have been weird if they didn't. It's so iconic. Uh, I mean, Sorcerer Mickey is, I mean, just kind of one of the iconic images. I actually have, I did not plan this. I just have him on my desk here. I have a little statuette of Sorcerer Mickey because it's so iconic. It's necessary. Who's your favorite um, segue-ist or person in between the things? That is a great question. So we have a lot of big ones uh, here. Steve Martin, Angel Angel, Lansbury. Yep. We had James Levine and Penn Teller. Uh, We had Bette Midler, Quincy Jones. Um, You already mentioned Steve. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Uh, I man, that's a hard one. That was honestly, I kind of wished. I don't know if I liked that it was a different person each time. I think I almost would have preferred like a consistent host through it. Could have gotten to really know them. Maybe. I enjoyed (laughs) Bette Midler's because she gave us some actual history of uh, some of the different artwork that that's when I realized, Oh, that's what this thing is. They've, they they kind of tried a couple different other things and no this is the one that they actually landed on um so i appreciated some of the historical stuff that she gave us plus i just had to sit there and think about if she were to say this like she was one of the uh sisters from sanderson sisters sanderson sisters so i smell children <laughs> uh yeah i mean the original you had stokowski as kind of like the host all the way through. I mean, he was uh, a very iconic composer of the time. I don't know if outside of John Williams, if there's too many other kind of like well-known conductors that people know. So it made sense. Um, Though I think I'm a big Steve Martin fan. So I think I'm going to go with Steve Martin. I thought you were going to answer your question. I, I really like Steve Martin. Plus today, the new trailer for Only Murders in the Building <gasps> dropped. You didn't text this to me? I you thought you guys didn't it. finish it. No, we finished I didn't it. Think you- no, we did. We 100% finished it. Big fan. I just remembered the last conversation we had was you being like, well, uh, I don't know. We're not kind of that into it. No, the first couple episodes was kind of, we didn't know if we liked it or not. And then it just turned. <sighs> And we were Such like, this show. is what we're here for. So are you taking a break to go watch the teaser? No, I'm going to text it to my wife and then tell her, but do not watch this without, <laughs> without me. <laughs> What's so funny. I saw it and I was watching it on my phone and Sarah walked in and overheard it and said, and she was like, is that only Mercer? Are you watching that without me? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
So yes, Steve Martin would be my favorite host and all that. Though, I gotta say, there was a moment when Angela Lansbury came on and the kids were talking. And I was like, everybody shut up. Angela Lansbury's talking. And they were like, and of course the kids have no idea who Angela Lansbury is, but there is nobody who's been in the Ferguson house more than Angela Lansbury. Uh, My mom has murder. She wrote on repeat, just constantly, constantly going, Um, which we all think is hilarious because we're like, mom, don't you know who the murderer is by like the fifth time you've watched through this or whatever? But we just we just love us some some Angela Lansbury on that one. Have we come to the moment to to rate this? I think I think we, that sounded very uh, very proper of you the way that you said that. Have, you, have we come to rate this yet, Edward Ferguson? <laughs> or do that you- I have been I've been accused so much in my life of being too proper all the time. <laughs> all the time. Never use your hands more than you should ever. Um, so what are you going to do? We're going we're gonna to rate this. Or do you want me to go first? I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Well, I was fully preparing before I even started this. Is like, just pen this in for a one. So let's just, let's just say that right up front. That was what I was going to do. Pen it in? Wow. Not I even was, pencil it in. It was I was, I was, I was pre, pre-planning pre my pre-rating this. You clicked the pen. I clicked it and I was ready to go. And then I was drawn in a lot farther than I, I, I was planning to. And that being said, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Ooh. Two and a half. A two and a half. Because it, it is a beautiful thing. And you could easily put this on in the background, do other things and just like pop in, see what's happening. Go back. It's got that. It's got that. So, it's got that packing suitcases quality to it. That is a really good point, and I, I failed to mention this earlier, so I'm going to interject it now. I thought this was very much a predecessor to some of the new things that they're doing, like Earth Moods on the National Geographic yeah. section of Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. or they've got uh, Zenimation. Have you watched any of the yep. Zenimation? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of those types of things where I'm like, ah, this is kind of in the vein of Fantasia 2000, but... I'm going to give it a 3.5. Um, I knew you were going to give it more wife, than me. My wife would probably give this a 5, like the whole Ooh. time. Now, she played a in a symphony, yes, yeah. for better half of a decade. Um, and as we were watching it together this evening, she just kept mourning that she didn't have her viola with us here. And she's like, I just want to play. I just wanted to be in the, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Would she have played so. along with the, with the, with the songs? <laughs> I don't know. She does call out the viola part every time. Well, that's, we listen to a piece. She's like, contractually you know, obligated to do that. So yeah. She's like, Ooh, do you hear, do you, do you hear the violas right there? Do you hear they're, they're doing, <laughs> and she'll appreciate me uh, saying this because she has started to listen to us now. Ooh, we have a we have, yeah. uh, she's the 11 she's the 11th listener she's now. the new one she's the oh 11th man listener. i was wondering who that person was i was laying on the the marital guilt there just a little bit but so there you have it 3.5 again jb is wrong by rating it lower than what it deserves with a 2.5 but we're used to that <laughs> everybody's used to my ratings being bad including <laughs> me oh no it's all in love 
Oh, with that, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review or share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list as we continue our journey through the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005, including next week's episode when we review the Tigger movie. It's perfect that it's going to be the Tigger movie, seeing as how new things were dropped this week about all of the Winnie the Pooh weird horror movies that are coming out because it's now public domain. So this is perfect, perfect timing. Uh, but thank you again for listening. And remember, dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun.